Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. You're listening to the Sherlock's podcast, your guide to a more stylish life. Welcome to the Sherlock's team podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Sherry Andrew, Harriet Russell, and Polly Sayer. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. We've just been to, um, having shoe deep shoe chat <laughs> probably you finally switched out you've given up on the ms yeah maybe it's a sign of age but i have decided that i'm just not about that uncomfy life anymore mm-hmm. my hermes sandals just every time i think i'm about to break them in they give me pain again and i a photo came up on my discover page on instagram of a girl with lovely tan feet and orange nails and a pair of burks i was like do you know what i'm getting them on matches 90, yeah. 90 minutes delivery and here they are and i have to say so far I'm really not regretting my decision. They mm. look very cool. That Thank 90 minute delivery is dangerous. 90 minutes? Yeah. Mm. yeah I've never used dangerous. that the well. pri- It used to be a lot more affordable though to do that. They have put the price up. I don't know which way is better because like, I guess if you're buying something quite affordable like a pair of Birkenstocks, you could just think like, well, it, it's it's all quite affordable anyway. Or arguably then if you're buying something quite expensive, you're like, well, what's 20 quid? Like, yeah, it's I, like, think, I think yeah. I get more like that. Yeah. It's like a percentage yeah. of the retail price yeah, to me. Like, So I'm like, I'm paying like, 20 percent on top i know it is a bit of an extravagance but i was feeling lazy yesterday and like i just really don't like shopping like Mm. in irl on the weekends it's too hectic Mm. and i get stressed too much yeah yeah. so it's just such a luxury we're so spoiled now i was talking to someone about this like yesterday i was just like god like what a time to be alive yeah (laughs) literally get some shoes in 90 minutes i know (laughs) that same day delivery oh yeah strikes again i wonder where we go from here because in 20 years this this will seem archaic but I feel like it should just be everyone does it. So like matches, like, like it's great that matches do it and they obviously presumably only do it like within the M25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. surely it will just be that like- Expanded out. The yeah. robot can come and drop it off you at your get, house. Exactly. Whenever. AI. Amazon are yeah. trialing those robots, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they have. That was ages ago. I don't know like where What's that went. What's happened to that? Oh, Hurry up. No. Yeah. What, delivery robots? Yeah, yeah. That's why they were doing it like oh. pre-pandemic. It's the, no, it's those, it's the cars that yeah. are self-driving cars to deliver. But they, they're very slow. They are slow. They can't possibly And I think they get lost easily and people pick them up and put them in their cars and stuff. No, they're quite they're bigger than that. <laughs> no, some of them I, are really small. I suppose maybe you could fit it in a 4x4. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Wow. Anyway, Sherry, you're feeling a little worse for wear today. You had a big weekend. I, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> a I, was, I wasn't too crazy, don't worry. Um, no, we went to Barcelona. Oh, for, which was so nice. For Lamb's 30th. Yeah, so oh, yeah, a big trip, trip in the works. Um, and it was so... Fun. I'd never been to Barcelona. Another city ticked off my list. Yeah. And honestly, I loved it so much. It was so nice. So we were there for Sonar Festival. That was the reason why I got tickets, which was so good. But oh my Lord, it is so intense. Is it? So it's in a building that kind of looks like the Excel Center. So it's kind of like a massive warehouse. And it had like five different rooms. 
and the music was honestly so loud. We had to buy earplugs. I was like, oh. I did not want tinnitus from this. No, yeah, yeah. it's not worth it. No, not <laughs> worth it. Um, but then it was so good. It was like Peggy Goo, Bicep. Oh, I, love Peggy I love Peggy Goo. So good. So sick. I know. Yeah. But it starts really late. So you could get daytime or evening passes. I got the evening pass because I was like, I don't want to be partying for like 15 hours, mm. which is what some people do. Mm. Uh, I just can't. So I think it started at like midnight and then it doesn't end until like seven. It starts mm. at midnight. Yes, yeah. And yeah. I was so <laughs> I don't think I can even do the day one. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's because wow. it's so hot there. Yeah, that's But right. even oh, in like, you know, the middle of the, the night, it's still really warm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was so fun. Although it got to like 4 a.m. and I was just literally drinking just like bottled water and Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, time for, I think it's yeah, time for we're bed. Done <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. done. Um, but yeah, it was so lovely. How fun. fun. Any fun. actual Barcelona recommendations? Um, we went to a really lovely restaurant called Mr. Porter, which is in like central Barcelona, um, which was really nice, very sophisticated. You, you know, you see some uh, like a person like, I think you're a celebrity, but you're not just very chic. You've just mm-hmm. got a nice outfit, that kind of vibe. Oh, mm-hmm. We went to the Hoxton. The rooftop is really oh, lovely. Yeah, nice. If you just want like tacos and margaritas, very chill. Mm. Fun. So that was a lovely spot as well. I'm seeing a girls trip there actually in September. Oh, oh yeah. too. so yeah. nice. We were sort of started with plans of like anywhere but Barcelona because that just felt like a really obvious choice. But mm. then it turned out to be a really obvious choice it's for a reason. Crazy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so city. fun. I really think the best thing is that every, everything stays and starts much later. Mm. So like in London, my biggest requirement is that you can't go for dinner past like 11 really yeah. anywhere yeah. nice yeah. whereas there they don't start eating until like 10 11 yeah. so like wow. we were having like really? dinner at midnight the streets were still like buzzy oh. at like three honestly this... i have not slept i need to go yeah, home. You must yeah. Be so yeah. Tired. i feel wired yeah um but yeah i wish we had that here a bit more in the yeah. summer mm. i don't yeah. want to eat at midnight but you know, maybe a bit later. Though. But we the choice would be nice. And dinner at six o'clock. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 30 going on 98. Harry, <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, I've been to a couple of exhibitions over the last couple of weekends, really. I think we'll talk about the film that I saw this weekend in more detail in a bit. But the two exhibitions I've been to, they're radically different, but I'd recommend both of them. The first one was Crown de Couture at Kensington Palace, which is a very tenuous link. So basically they have tried to create this exhibition by drawing some sort of very fake line between the Georgian fashion that was worn to court to impress the king, which is like their permanent collection, basically, that they need to wheel out (laughs) every now and then. Um, And a bunch of Met Ball looks that they say, like, do the same thing today. Okay. Which is the tenuous bit. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. We were walking around and my mum was like, are they trying to tell me that Anna Wintour is like the king? I'm like, I don't know. She can make or break careers. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. She Mm. wields that kind of power. Yeah. Yeah. And, And obviously what you wear, like, that is what she will notice. Yeah. Mm. So it's, yeah, maybe it's not so tenuous. However, if you are into Met Ball fashion and you've liked some of the looks, they do have some of the really high profile ones. The first one that kind of hits you between the eyes is Kendall Jenner's Met Ball dress, I think from 21, when mm-hmm. she wore that Audrey Hepburn inspired, like very oh. sparkly. Yeah. Oh, like, the, high like with the high neck. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, that, that is one of my yeah. favorite ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I took a photo. The lighting is horrendous in there, but. <laughs> It, yeah, it's stunning. Yeah. And then they have like a video playing behind it about how mm. it's made and stuff, which oh. is really nice. Um, they have Blake Lively's Liberty Bell. The one that changes Liberty. colour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you're not a fan, I'm are you? Not they have Lizzo's. If you remember, she went with her flute and like yeah, this yeah. amazing like oh. black, yeah, sort of cape thing. Um, that, so that's amazing. They have Tom Ford looks in there. And then they've also got a bunch of other more like low-key red carpet looks that they've grouped by stylists so mm. kate young has a whole like corner to herself oh, which is really cool. nice mm. it's got like michelle williams looks in there and stuff so if you're into red carpets 
I think it's really interesting to nice. be able to get like up close mm. to some of that stuff. I actually walked past on the weekend and there were quite long queues. Can you, is that for people who haven't pre-booked? Like how easy is it to... I think you have to book. Okay. Um, and what happens is you queue for your time mm-hmm. and then literally at one o'clock they just let you all know. Bye. And it's not that busy inside. The space is like really well laid out and it's a decent size exhibition. Nice. Like I went to one at British Museum yesterday, which I'm not really going to recommend. It's the Persia to Greece one. Okay. And it was like three rooms. Oh, and I'm okay. just like, mm. I don't know if that oh, was yeah. really worth it. Like, mm. over very quickly. Shame when something's hyped and then it's not great. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. And then the middle one I went to was Ai Weiwei at the Design oh, Museum. Yes, of course, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, he's a Chinese dissident artist. He's been under house arrest and actually arrested multiple times. His father's also an intellectual that was arrested in the 60s and he had the most horrendous upbringing as a result. But his new show, well, it's kind of a collective of some of his oldest work and then there's a couple of new things in there too. And it's only one room, which again makes it sound like bad value, but actually there's so much in there and they've just curated it in the best way. They give you these guides as you go in that literally like take you through the whole thing. So Mm. you just have to read and like go around. And it's one of those things where you think, oh, this might be like really over my head or whatever. But no, I think it's explained so well. And some of the stuff that he protests that goes on in China is mm. like, it's really important stuff. So I'd really mm. recommend. He's mm. someone who's really worth, like, it sounds quite highbrow and obviously yeah. it is to an extent, but he's a name who, you know, if you want to just show that you've got kind of, you know, he's a name that everyone should know. Yeah, yeah. it's just like a bit of, you know, he's quite an easy access way yeah. to be quite informed. Exactly, what he's dealing with is like complex, mm. but the way he deals with it is not. Mm. And also, I've never been to the design museum before. It's no, so underrated. No. Oh, it's it's probably my I think my favorite. Really, oh, yeah. really. Yeah. just for a wonder, mm-hmm. even just for a wonder. And also, the exhib. I feel like in the last couple of years, the exhibitions have been like my favorite ones really? that I've been to. Yeah. What have you Ooh, seen? Okay. Um, the Amy Winehouse one. Oh, that yeah. Was, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. They had a really cool one on Korean fashion. The space itself is just cool. Like, there's a really, really nice cool. coffee shop, really nice shop shop for like if you're ah, looking so. for like interesting gifts. <laughs> cool. Well, it's on High Street Kensington. Yeah, as exactly. Well, so it's like really spot. central. Yeah, like, there's other stuff to do around there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Really cool. Good Rex, thanks. Mm. Did you go on? Tell us about the film you saw. <laughs> so the film I saw was The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Live action. Yeah. 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 I used to love that as a kid. So well, really that was what, so... the Little Mermaid specifically. Yeah, I was yeah. obsessed with it. Oh, really? so Me too. To which it. is why I was like, I think I'm gonna go. So I'd seen a review online, a like video review, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go because the person in it really recommended it. So for people who aren't aware, the live action has been updated and they have cast um, Halle Bailey, who is black, to play Ariel. And that has caused quite a lot of split opinion online, sadly. The reviews that were coming out were overwhelmingly negative Mm -hmm. from a lot of like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and all of those kind of sites. The ratings were just absolutely plummeting and no one could really explain why. Um, and basically IMDB, there was an article in The Guardian um, that I've got here. Here's one you made earlier. Here's one I made earlier. (laughs) Just because some of the figures I think are important to get Mm. right, which is um, IMDB had to release a statement saying that it was changing its rating system to mitigate trolling of the film, which has been the target of racism since Halle Berry was announced as Ariel. Apparently 43,000 reviews on its site were found out to be from bots. Really? Yeah. So it says here it was awarded 39% one-star ratings. And yet The Guardian 
the article uh, where the article appeared they did sort of broader research and they aggregated reviews from like all the broadsheets like all sorts of sources mm. all across the like internet proper religious yeah. yeah and they found an average rating of seven stars out wow. of ten so the fact that imdb had 40 percent mm. of one star they were mm. like that's that's a problem i'm sorry who's mm. paying these bots who's who's like activating the bots? they don't say in here they don't say where the bots have come from but you know the implication they say here the little mermaid has been the target of racism since it was announced mm. blah 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 um and basically footage of the film there was i don't know if you guys remember they released i'm gonna say a trailer mm. but it was more like a clip mm-hmm. of part of your world which is obviously like it gives a me what i'm just thinking about because i know what you're gonna say it's <laughs> so cute yeah, yeah and she's sitting on the rock and she's oh, looking, looking yeah. up to the surface and obviously it's a very different look for little mermaid that people are perhaps used mm. to but that doesn't make it a bad thing but Sorry, I thought where you were going was the was all the videos that went viral when they that was released of, of the, all yeah, the little of girls, all the little girls the thousands, who were like, and it keeps yeah. coming off my yeah. Yeah. Girls, all these little girls who are black saying, "Oh my god, she like she's and like genuinely really reacting mm. to it, right? Yeah. Like how important that. I mean, my favorite criticism of the criticism is she's a fucking mermaid. Like yeah, you know, exactly. people were busy saying like, yeah. oh, and it's not real and it's not authentic. Yeah, I just so cannot with people no. who get so yeah. wound it's up like, by those it's, details. It's, it's like in um, the Lord of the Rings remake on Amazon, like that's a very diverse cast. People are like, there wouldn't have been black people in Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but look, it's real. It's a little mermaid. <laughs> it's fiction. They're all talking ridiculous. fish. They're all talking fish. Exactly. It's, uh, like, as, like, and we're making light of it. It is yeah, it's a awful. disgrace. It's a disgrace because I went to see it. I loved it. I came back to my family. I went to see it on my own because no one else wanted to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Next time. Next time. <laughs> I actually love going to the cinema on my own. I'm like, it's yeah, two hours too. and no one yeah. can get yeah. to me. Um, but you know what was so sweet as well is it was full of kids and they are just loving life. Yeah. Mm. There's this one bit where Prince Eric, who gets an original song written by Lin Manuel Miranda, oh. I know. Mm-hmm. he's like on the boat like swinging <laughs> yeah. ropes and like swinging from things as he's singing and this little girl in front of me had her hands on the chair in front and she's like, yeah! <laughs> like absolutely really loving it, it. Yeah. and I was just like this is so joyful yeah. like how are people determined to bring it down her singing is unreal she's amazing yeah. she's amazing yeah. she's so pretty she's so, she's so sweet and yeah. innocent and her mm. acting is impeccable she yeah. carries the whole thing and mm. also the point you know as you say it's a kid's film and you know it's it's only horrible adults yeah. who are seeing yeah. the race in it it's so much more than well who cares what color she is it's mm. so important that she's black right like exactly that's it, it's so weird yeah. because it? it's so important and so irrelevant at the rate yeah the exactly same time. Mm. exactly yeah. anyway it was anyway, good it was so Aww. good i'd really I'm recommend if you're into disney okay. i don't know how people feel about like their disney films being live actioned yeah that's have you, a different see, have you well. seen the others like yes. the other I love yeah. the live action. On the whole, they're pretty good. Yeah, like, like yeah. Jungle Book is the one that sticks out to me. Oh, I, I was really interested that one. Yeah, yeah. really one. good. And um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yes, Cinderella was, was so like, yeah. wasn't Beauty and the Beast the highest grossing? It's one of the highest grossing films of all time. Really? Wow. wow. Well, I saw it three times in the cinema. So, Did you? That's... I, yeah, I loved <laughs> yeah. it actually. Sherry, yeah. Sherry's the wow. one funding that film. So I have to say, I actually am not that okay with it. Mm. I, oh. I, th- I think, if anything, The Little Mermaid is the best example of it because yeah. I understand updating things so they do feel more reflective mm. of a modern world and more inclusive. That makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Yeah. But remaking like Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson instead of a cartoon, like give a shit. It's the same. Yeah. Like, I don't really get that side of it personally I don't really uh, I yeah. can't yeah I'm but sure. the music is different like Lin-Manuel there are only two original songs out of like okay. ten and one of them is appalling oh. mm. it's a rap 
Oh, because it's Lin Manuel. Oh, okay. You know, he's doing his. Doesn't Hamilton. he play the, um, Sebastian? No, no that's oh, no. David. It's David Diggs. Oh, sorry, sorry. Who's sorry. from Hamilton? Oh, People okay. know him as Thomas uh, Jefferson. He was all his oh, voice, okay. like he was born to play that crap. Like, yeah, he's just got the most distinctive voice. It's amazing. Yeah, Flounder and Scuttle. I think they've also attracted a fair amount of controversy, not because of the actors playing them. It's Aquafina playing Scuttle, and I love Aquafina. Yeah, I'm she's obsessed awesome. with her, so I, I think it works. But Lin Manuel has given her a rap that Sebastian kind of like chimes okay. in on. And it's, I just, it, the the reasoning seems to be, let's just make Aquafina talk really fast. Okay. Well, she's cool. I mean, mm-hmm. she is cool. The, but sorry, the criticism of the fish was that the fish was a really unattractive, yeah, like scary <laughs> yeah. fish, yeah. right? Yeah. There's, Javier Bardem plays King Triton. He's yeah, so casting. good. That's mm. he's, yeah. he's so amazing. Good. Mm. Um, and they delve, yeah, they delve much more into the emotion of like why he's so overprotective, why he doesn't okay. want her doing anything with humans. I feel like that's made all a lot lot more clear uh, yeah. in, in a really clear way yeah. yeah I don't think they want to make him just like yeah okay. a psycho mm. some depth to it then yeah no it's good okay. it's good I like my list anyone else watch anything good read anything good Sherry uh, yes so I've just started a new book called The Shards by um, Brett Easton Ellis who wrote American Psycho in the 90s and it has taken me 200 pages to realise that it's not in fact true it is fiction because okay. the way that it's written is he is telling the story of himself as in Brett at school when he's 17 and a serial killer descends on the school. And that really happened? No. Oh, right. No, no, no. So what he's done has taken his real life. So he grew up in like Beverly Hills, came from a very um, privileged family in uh, prep school and they're all, you know, all super privileged. Like the, it's sort of like sex, drugs, like very, very different for what I imagine our 17 year olds <laughs> were doing back in the day. And uh, a new boy joins their school. So I was like, oh, this really happened, but it didn't. So he has basically fictionalized his um, like teenagehood Fine. with his friends. Um, so yeah, this guy joins the school and then at the same time, some weird stuff is going on in LA. There's like a satanic cult, unrelated, but is it? Mm-hmm. Not not sure yet, mm-hmm. but also um, that bit was true, right? Like that yeah. really happened. Yeah. yeah, and also like in like the late seventies, early eighties, particularly in LA, there's like you know lots of serial killers. Crime is like through the roof. Um, it's just a horrible time to be in LA, basically. Mm-hmm. If you know mm-hmm. about that period, lots of serial killers during that time were on the rampage before like the age of like CCTV and forensic science, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so it's about um, them as a, a group, like a group of friends at school and how they're navigating this very weird period of like coming of age. Um, he's also like coming to terms with his own sexuality in the midst of this really creepy guy who's joined their school. Is he a serial killer? Is he not? There's lots of unanswered questions. Mm. So it's very creepy. If you've read American Psycho, I will never read that book again. It's honestly, t- it's too much. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> graphic. So graphic. And this okay. book is graphic. I think you'll get because it's 800 pages yeah. it's really long That's um a marathon. so mm. yeah so i'm like a quarter of the way through mm-hmm. so i'm interested to see what happens but i'm actually really pleased that it's not true yeah because yeah. i was like oh, this, this is a lot because when you you know when you're reading about like real life i was like oh yeah, God, yeah. this isn't actually entertaining this is just no, a bit like heavy yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. not so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy it <laughs> yeah. at your leisure now exactly <laughs> good but yeah really good nice polly mm. what about you um i started watching you black mirror this week oh, yes. which I'm sure everyone has done um, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm about three quarters of the way through second episode, so I need to finish that off. I'd say out of the two, maybe like the second feels like the slightly stronger one of the two, and I think it's the mm-hmm. one that everyone's talking about. I think it's based in Loch Henry in Scotland. 
a, a young couple from who are like in London go up to go and film an H documentary and then they kind of stumble upon the fact that there's been you know a serial killer um in the area um years before and then they kind of I don't know I don't want to spoil too much but then some upon, upon some more secrets the longer they're there um but the first episode is quite funny it's called Annie Murphy who is Alexis in Schitt's Creek as the lead and it's called Joan is awful and she basically is a bit unhappy in her relationship she has a bit of an affair and then they sit down she and her partner like to watch their equivalent of like Netflix in the evening and there is a TV show called Joan is Awful and her character is called Joan and it's she looks pretty similar. It's played by Salma Hayek and the whole episode is just like based off her her day, her week. And she's like, this is like my life. They've been following me. And I think- Ooh, goosebumps, that's horrible. Yeah. And I think the theme throughout this series is how technology, um, while it can be a benefit, is obviously um, to our detriment at some points if used incorrectly and how like- um, you know, streaming, you can sort of sign your life away if done in the wrong way. And we're as consumers so obsessed with the negative um, that, you know, we're kind of feeding into the vicious cycle of um, bad news. And the more we do it, the more it's created, the more people's lives are kind of spoiled and stuff. So yeah, it's quite hard hitting, but I'm enjoying Ooh. it. Obviously it's not like a sort of light and sun no. watch <laughs> ever, is it, Black Mirror? But yeah, it is good. I actually can't really hack it. I find it too really too dark. It's been a long time since whenever the last series was, right? Like he only kind of he brings yeah. him out very slowly, and obviously it's like a you know everybody's very excited when he does, but it, it's obviously kind of all creeping that bit closer to reality, which is just mm. quite. Mm. I do think though, I just massively respect he being Charlie Brooker. Yeah. Um, the way he creates something which is just so like. I don't know, close to the bone mm. and different. But yeah, no, I do know, I get that it's not something to watch if you're it's feeling a bit hungover and anxious. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, it will never not blow my mind that he's married to Connie Hart. Like, I, know, I just, I just say that. Every time so someone says true. his name, my mind goes there before. Me too. I just want to know the story. Yeah. And like, what do they talk about? Not that I know much about her. Maybe I just, TV. I'm just making yeah. the Blue Peter Association just doesn't marry up to the Black Mirror to me. But yeah. um, my B was going to be, I listened uh, last week to Mo Gordat on Diary of a CEO, mm, on Superbot Diary of a CEO. I don't know if um, you guys have listened to it, but- Do you know what? I've only seen the intro where yeah. Stephen Bartlett is like, I never do this, but basically I'm putting a trigger warning on yeah. this episode. Oh, wow, oh. really? Yeah, It gave me nightmares. Why? Like, Full nightmares. Why, Because he's talking about AI, right? He's ba basically, Ooh, so Mo Gordak, for those who don't, we've talked about him a lot before because he kind of really does the podcast circuit a lot. He's mm. got kind of two themes. Like, primarily, he talks a lot about happiness, mm -hmm. and that's because um, he lost his son when he was young, and he's got, you know, he's he's obviously just, like, a very wise man. He's a professor, and it's all, you know, mm. he's he's got these theories on happiness, which is kind of why people might know about him. Mm. But in a past life, before that, he was head of AI for Google. It's two hours long. Like it's, it's, it, this is, meaty. this is, a, yeah, it's meaty. And this is a very quick summary, but he's basically like, forget climate change, forget Russia, forget the economy. Like this is the biggest crisis facing humanity. We have to act like now it's already out of hand in the next Ugh. two years. We're all completely done. And like this will wipe out humanity in the next 10 years. Like it is <laughs> horrifying. And I won't oh go into God. too much more because it is really triggering and, and it genuinely gave me nightmares. Mm. Like it, there's kind of, it, it's so alarming hearing someone so wise and so informed. And obviously, you know, there's been, there was a, the open letter recently that was signed by, you know, spearheaded by Elon Musk and signed by everyone kind of at the center of technology in the world's like 
calling on governments to start putting um, measures into place and kind of um, restrictions into place for companies using AI. Mm. And the godfathers of AI um, also came out recently and with, with exactly the same kind of warnings. You know, you can't really put your head in the sand, but equally there's not really, it's not like climate change where we can kind of all do our bit in it and try and improve it. Like there's not really, you kind of, you get this information and there's not a lot more you can do with mm. it unless you're an employer. Mm. So I guess it's it's a real call on employers like not to be integrating this technology into, you know, and not be replacing your staff because that's basically the, the problem is that it will outgrow us. It becomes smarter than us. At that point, nobody needs humans to work anymore mm. and then it can eventually literally just like kill us all like literal sci-fi movie stuff mm. and then his point is like not that it's you know it's not that ai is bad or good it's that it's being developed only with kind of selfish intentions so mm. nobody is developing ai with the hope like the real core reason to kind of benefit humanity it's just a competition yeah you know, it's just to be better than the other company doing it and better mm. and better and better anyway, his solution is for governments to now basically tax any companies that want to use ai uh, like you know as a primary part of their workforce at 98% to basically wow. make sure it's only you know, well, I mean I no guess, one would do it but to basically just that's that's the to way put to put that in context for anyone who doesn't know a normal corporation tax is usually around 20% yeah I guess it's the same as like climate change stuff isn't it people like these big companies aren't making the changes because it makes them too much money to exactly. not make mm. the changes yeah. so taxing them is obviously the way to do the it, only yeah, way to do it. Yeah. it yeah but the government obviously. governments obviously won't I don't know will that happen but like it's it, no one could possibly listen to what these people have to say. I'd be like, okay, cool. The concern is, on. I think, mm. that everyone in the Western world, whether that you see that as maybe the US and Western Europe, like sort of in principle agrees that, yes, that's a good idea and we do it. And then those sort of enemies of the West, mm. as it were, which sounds very like 1970s no, to no, say, no. but I think it's a fact, you know, China and Russia decide to do the exact opposite. Yeah, and then we're all a bit screwed. Yeah. Mm. So don't Sunny. listen to it. Were if, you really scared after you, after you finished? No, I sort of took it all. This my brain works. It's like, oh, that's interesting, and then just tortures me in my in the night. So, <laughs> oh, so no. the way, yeah, the way yeah. I digest things. Stephen Bartlett, yeah. like says, crazy. He says in the tree, it's not just yeah. like a thing that flashes up on the screen, trigger warning. It, he goes into like well, quite a lot of detail it. about. Oh, I really wrestled with whether or not to publish this really? episode. Ooh. This this is a terrifying conversation, mm. but it needs to be had. Mm. And if you don't want to hear it, you have full right to like click Switch out now, now, basically. Yeah. And I did, shamefully. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm clicking out now. I just, <laughs> it I mean, depends on the day, out. doesn't it? But I think yeah. I'd like casually got home from work and was like, oh, new CEO podcast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not in, I'm not in the headspace no, to do deep. that. Yeah. It's yeah. Deep. I'd recommend Jack Whitehall's Diary of CEO. Yeah, I'd like to. something else. That was also, I enjoyed that <laughs> I did see a funny meme which might make light of the situation the other day and it was like AI can't replace me because I don't do anything yes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sucker <laughs> life hack <laughs> sorry is anyone watching Love Island this no, season like no. I don't think anyone is no, no. are you no no, no. I'm not and lots of people have asked me because I've been a dedicated fan for the last mm, many years. Same. So lots of people have asked me like oh you're watching Love Island and I say no I just think I just, I've outgrown no. it yeah I feel the same <laughs> and that's not to say I'm older I just think the format like I've all mm, of us tired. have outgrown the tired yeah, format yeah. yeah all the challenges are the same I'm like, bored of like attention seeking children yeah. trying to just yeah, <laughs> be influenced the contestants are so yeah. wise yeah. to it now they know what's coming yeah. they know what yeah. to get upset about what not yeah. I think it's time oh, it's either time for the yeah. can or it's like they've got I to know. totally reinvent the the, the actual wheel. like stuff we were talking last week about who was in what series and it was like who where did Chris and Kem 
like what series was they were they were <laughs> series season three yeah, yeah. season then, three was elite like, yeah it was on, it? that was, was the best. golden age that was yeah. the first season yeah. and they just sat and chain smoked so yeah. all day and like yeah. oh yeah. my god it was it was, it was, Chris, it was Chris and Olivia like yeah. constantly going back and forth Olivia I, was I go as far as to say she's the best contestant yeah I would I yeah, think she really is. She's yeah, up she there. was. Yeah. yeah, because she was fiery, but she wasn't like Faye season whatever. Eight and her fiery sense of humor, like, my yeah. god, she's, she's very so like funny. self-aware. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, she's she's bright. That girl. Yeah. yeah. Congrats, she got married. She, she did. Married. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so that. And Brad. Happy ending. <laughs> we but love that, to but see you know, it. that means that that was like six years ago. I know. This is season ten. <laughs> yeah. Two, yeah. No, hang on. Two, with two winter ones included so what does that make it five years ago maybe still and she was dating him before she went on the show Mm. yeah and they broke up and then they rekindled so apparently they broke up and he found out she was going on the show and turned up at her flat the night before begging her not to go on the show and she said if i don't go you're not going to respect me so she went yeah and it's true maybe i was like mildly in love with Chris. Like I, yeah, I think I, I actually had feelings. Like they were Sorry, genuine what? feelings for Chris. No, yes. Shaz, yes. I think he no. is the single most embarrassing man <laughs> in the UK. Oh, honestly, no, he's not lovely. He's not lovely. Oh, no, I, 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 I think there's just quite sinister behaviour. Mostly when he was with Jesse. Oh, yeah, dark energy. Um, but, oh, okay, well, he's not for everyone. That's no, just my yeah. He's very boy band pretty. Like, that's my kind of... <laughs> at, at the time, time, I was obsessed with him. At the time, at the time. Yeah. I was really rooting for them. Mm. Yeah, I did too. And then Molly May. I mean, there's been so many good yeah. seasons. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, Molly May, Tommy. And, and maybe Bambi wouldn't be Bambi. here without that show. And the Danny Dyer season, that was so oh, good. Like, yeah. Those seasons mm-hmm. were like... Jack and Danny. I mean, R.I.P. Yeah. They were a good couple. They were. They were a good couple. They lasted about three weeks, didn't they? No, I think a bit longer. Yeah, a while. But like, a little I remember while, being but... a bit gutted that they yeah. did break up because I thought they were the real deal. Yeah, same. The one that intrigues me is Millie and Liam because... they all together now. Yeah, exactly. They had rough time on the show. Yeah, yeah. But made it, yeah. made it and won. And they then they broke genuine. up pretty like six mm. months later yeah. after, which was not great. Mm. I reckon he just got loads of attention from birds and he was like young and he yeah. probably just He's really too. young. Yeah. Oh, he's like 21. Like, yeah. I reckon I can do yeah. better than a bricklayer from Wales. But turns out you can't. No. They're in love. They're in love, guys. Um, also, Faye and Teddy split up, which also makes me really sad. They stayed like, together quite they a long time. They did. I think, they, I think there was genuine feeling there. She, I don't know mm. if you ever stalked her, but I know this was like a thing on the show, but she trains, or she fosters dogs. Guide whilst dogs, they're being, yeah. yeah. Whilst mm. they're being trained to be guide dogs. Like, she is like, a really, I know. She I think she's quite a genuine person. Yeah, I know. Mm. Anyway, I like her a lot. Um, anyway, speaking of TV, you had a fun experience last week. I did. Well, Tell fun, I don't know if that's Okay, fine, maybe not fun. Interesting. Fun result. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Tell everyone what you did. Um, I interviewed the cast of And Just Like That. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. Oy, They're oy. the cast of Sex and the City, though, really. I know. They? <laughs> yeah. Like, not but the, to be but the junket was for And Just Like That, yeah, which obviously yeah, yeah. the second season drops this week for yes. anyone who... I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it before we switched the camera on and we were saying you know is it is it a mild hate watch I don't mm. know I guess it's a bit like Emily in Paris yeah in that you know it's a bit awful but you're like I'm just sort of enjoying it because mm. it's like quite yeah, surface agree. level and quite and it can just wash over me yeah and it's like characters mm. that I know and I'm like familiar with mm. and then and yeah I don't know I still quite like the clothes and stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's good fashion yeah. Yeah. yeah um so what was it like can you explain how how a press junket works because it was quite a ordeal wasn't it it was quite an ordeal um 
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Well, obviously, post-COVID, they work in a really different way. Pre-COVID, it would be um, very normal to go to a hotel. The stars would travel around the major cities, New York, London, maybe Paris, maybe Tokyo, something like that. Mm. And they would invite local journalists to a hotel and very like Notting Hill vibes. Mm. They would all sit in this huge Mm -hmm. conference room and sort of jostle to Mm. ask their questions. And I think what they realized was they could have all the cast speak to like hundreds of journalists around the world in a single day mm-hmm. rather than just like spread it out over like a week's press tour, which is obviously very expensive, not great for the environment, mm-hmm. etc. Um, so now it continues to work over Zoom. The annoying thing is all done on New York time, obviously. So mm-hmm. not so bad for me. I was here till 8.30 at night. More on that in a minute. But, you know, some of these journalists are in like the Philippines and mm. Australia and you're just yeah. like, at one point I Googled it because I was like, I saw this girl from Australia and I was like, what is the time mm. there? It's 4.30 in the morning. Oh. So you make oh it work God. if you want the interview time. Yeah, you? yeah, and that Dedication. was at the end of the junket. So she'd had mm. to start at 11 p.m. her time. Oh my God, grim. And they told us the junket was five and a half hours and I was thinking, that can't, like it's not going to take five and a half hours. So you go into like this huge holding space on Zoom and you can just see all these journalists like filtering into this holding area and then mm. someone from HBO comes in and they're like, okay hi guys nice to meet everyone so you're all in different round table groups so we're going to be moving you into different virtual spaces depending on the talent but just don't panic like if you see yourself moving through all these screens like we know where you're going and we're the ones controlling it and you can literally see yourself like traveling through these virtual rooms like entering rt1 and you're like oh gosh okay and then they say okay we're bringing sarah jessica parker in and then she pops up on the screen and they'll say okay everyone gets one question you go around the round table um sort of format and everyone can see each other being cameras on is like part of the deal you can't be camera off so she she's literally chatting directly to you when you're speaking that's cool yeah it's cool mm. um 
But the problem is, it's like obviously a lot of your questions get cannibalized by mm. the other journalists. Mm. And weirdly, in every round table I had, I was the last one to go. So I had to yeah. keep like thinking mm. on my feet as to like what's not yeah, been asked. Sure. So the first two were like relatively efficient. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker was first. And then about 20 minutes later, Cynthia Nixon happened. And then I had to wait four and a half hours for Kristen Davis. That is awful. But why so long? Yeah. Was she because not... she was in other round tables. Oh my God. So oh, all of those other ones were happening. And like RT1 wasn't getting its turn. Oh, so RT1. all of us from RT1 <laughs> are like sitting in this like virtual oh holding area. And it gets to about seven o'clock. And I'm thinking something's gone wrong. Like, mm. oh, this is not good. Anyways, literally at that moment, someone from HBO popped in and they were like, okay, so Kristen will be with us in like 15 minutes. I was like, whew. Mm. I hope the answers were good. Yeah, who was the most interesting? Yeah. Yeah. I actually think Michael Patrick King was the most oh, interesting. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, so he happened the next day. Um, and it's funny because you have to, in your head, I think each interview is 20 minutes in total. So if you've got three 20 minutes, you're probably looking at four hours. Mm-hmm. And if you've got one 20 minutes, you're looking at two hours, which is what it took to get Michael Patrick King. Um, but I think because the journalists were quite sycophantic with the actresses. I think they get quite overwhelmed Mm. with like, oh my God, I'm talking to SJP that they forget that they have a job to do. Mm. (laughs) Um, And also depending on your publication, you know, if you're writing for a wire or broadsheet, you have much more of a mandate to go in and like sort of hold them up by the jugular. Mm. Um, Whereas if you're just writing, I don't want to like name names, but if you're writing magazines or lifestyle titles, that's less of an issue. Um, But Michael Patrick King, even the lifestyle people really went in on him for like the first season basically what saying little shit oh yeah like how do you respond to backlash that you've ruined the show how do you deal with the fact that you've like destroyed the legacy of the last 25 years yes (laughs) how do you (laughs) tell me things like explain the fashion why has pat not come back there must be a reason Mm. like does she not agree with the direction of the show and I think I asked him about Kim Cattrall because I was last and no oh, one yeah. else had asked Oh, him. you oh, go, girl. Really? What did he oh. say? I just said, we already know, you know, it's been leaked yeah. that Samantha makes an appearance mm. um, in the form of a voicemail. Can you can you tell us any more? I knew he would probably say no. Yeah. But to his credit, he did actually go into quite a long waffle about like... Well, it, save it because you're going to write it up. I right? am. Okay. Hey. But you've got, oh, you got yeah. a bit of intel. I've got a bit, well, not so much intel because it's nothing new, I don't okay. know. But I've certainly got insight from him okay, on what sort of motivates that decision and what he's hoping for in the future. So by the time this podcast goes live, those interviews will be on site, Yeah, you can read okay, them on site now. Exciting. Oh. Well, on that, I um, it was actually last week, coincidentally, 25 years since the first episode of Sex and City aired. So American Vogue had asked readers, they did a poll, they asked readers to this. send in their best fashion moments of all time mm. from, from Sex and City. And that included everything, the films and just like that, the lot. So the piece that came out on top, I actually think it's really random. Oh, it I is, don't, I think it's iconic. Do you? Yeah. Okay, so it is the what they describe it as the white and pink floral print Richard Tyler dress that Carrie wears in season three, episode 18. It's the season where she goes to meet Big. And she falls in the lake. And she, they fall yeah. in the lake, exactly, in Central Park. They go mm. to meet at the Boathouse restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's very pretty. I would have said that would be number best one, look though. of all time. No, no. I don't yeah. either. Um, they said they also asked um, Molly Rogers, who she had assisted Patricia Field in the original, and she's the she is the primary uh, designer for and just like that, um, to choose her twenty five favorite fashion looks from throughout yeah. all the series as well. So she included 
Kara's tutu, obviously mm, the iconic standard. tutu. Samantha's power yellow Moogler suit. I know exactly when that's from. That's from the first film. I was going to say it's when she's film. flying oh, yeah. to and meet she, them, yeah. and she's doing the auction for the ring, isn't she? Is it then, or is it later in the film when she flies to meet them? Anyway, yeah, it's in the film. It's it's in there, and it's mega. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's pink strapless Jackie O dress. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Season yeah, six. Amazing. That's it's when epi- she's, the she's, episode is called One. It's Brady's birthday party. Yes, she's just had the miscarriage, and it's when she mm-hmm. decides that she's going to like <laughs> regroup and mm-hmm. just be amazing. And Miranda's iconic denim overalls as well. That's an early season. That's controversial. That's Skipper oh, yeah. times. She's wearing like this awful beanie hat. She looks Terrible. atrocious, yeah. actually, in my opinion. But I can understand why they think iconic. it's iconic. It's mm. kind of cool Miranda, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. So I wanted to know if any looks stood out to you guys. Oh, I have so many. Where do I even start? <laughs> so many. Oh, God. So many. I like I needed like a catalogue. Season, I know. Like, season six in Paris, where she's running through the streets oh. to try and make it to her party. And she's in that yeah. green tutu yeah. with the jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think season four is possibly my favourite season. Mm-hmm. Um, she's back with Aiden, but it's it's very early days, and it's he's sort of punishing her. I think the episode mm-hmm. is called Time and Punishment, yep. and she goes to the bar to try and mm-hmm. find him, and he is playing a like pickup game mm-hmm. with one of the waitresses at Scout, and she is wearing this like long striped mm-hmm. skirt, a, like flat cap. I hate this elf. I and the boot tube hated it at the time. I hate this now, but now I look at it and I'm like. You are mm. just so iconic. Yeah. So I watched the episode last night where, and this is this I feel like is a picture. It's like a moment that, that is banded around a lot as kind of an iconic moment where she dates uh, the writer Justin Theroux. Yes. And she oh my dates god, the grey dress. And at the end, when she walks out of the gray, uh, out of their brownstone, she's wearing yeah, the little grey mini dress and, and this Gucci kind of like bag it's quite so like your um reformation your reformation dress, reformation I, dress. Why I love that outfit so much because it feels a bit yeah. like I feel a bit like SDP yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's, I think it's probably because her hair is like core carry oh it's God. like big Amazing. she's got the curls and she's wearing Ray-Ban aviators yeah and she yeah. just looks like Effortless. a movie star yeah, yeah it's so, so cool. cool Polly any so moments many. spring to mind I think it's the the newspaper yeah, dress is it Galliano? it is yes that is probably my favorite Sherry any spring to mind for you Oh, um, I can't name specific episodes, but I just, worry, I just love you. it when she wears basically very little, yeah. like yeah. A, a, a bandana top and hot pants yeah. and like six inch heels. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Love the coolest. Yeah, yeah. Like coolest. What about you? Shall Hang on, I'm just, I'm just, okay, give me a second. I can do more if you want me to <laughs> real I'm just running through. I, th- I mean, season six is definitely the best fashion wise. It's the point of They had the they, biggest budget. Right, they had the budget and they, you know, it, they knew they were ending. They were going out mm. with a bang. I love, there's the pink De La Renta dress that yes. Alexander oh, yeah. Petrovsky wow. buys her as a surprise to go to the opera. Although I haven't already, I always recommend it in the community. Listen to Sentimental in the City yeah, because they break it down. Listen to it. I enjoyed that. Oh, Charlotte, yeah. you are, I know. it will be your life. You'll love it. So we should say, very slightly off topic, but linking back to that, we have launched the Sherlock Book Club. Yes. Community. Ooh, yes. And so the way in which that's going to work is it kind of, the, the conversation goes on on the Sherlock's community. So if you haven't signed up, do already, uh, you know, you can get stuck in, get involved. If you read the book already, there will be spoilers there. It's for people who are kind of enjoying mm, it to give mm. reviews like you would in a book club. On this occasion, after about six weeks, there will be a podcast hosted by Heather and Georgina with guest authors talking about the book. So kind of bringing in all the thoughts and ideas that everybody has put in the community. So it's very interactive. And the first guest on the first podcast to talk about Lessons in Chemistry, which is the book that we're starting with, um, is the host of Sentimental Caroline Caroline O'Donoghue. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> there we go. Woo. So Loop back. Cool. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. So if you do listen to that podcast, which I know I should, then you will know her already. Okay, we're gonna pause briefly for a conversation that Tor and I had with a very impressive founder, Anna Lay. She is the founder of Vedic Glow, one of the world's biggest supplement brands. They've launched an incredible new collection. So here's what happened when we caught up earlier in the week. 
Supplements that promise to transform your health are everywhere these days, but Australian brand Vida Glow is a cut above. It's been leading the way since 2014 and is now the number one marine collagen brand globally, with one unit of its collagen powder sold every four seconds. Backed by science, the brand continues to break boundaries in the supplement space and its new collection is no exception. Today we're joined by Anna Lay, the founder of Vida Glow, to learn more about its women's health range. Designed with women in mind, the new range kit. Do you know what? I've got a bit of dis- description here about what the what the range is about but that's for you to say so Anna I'll let you describe it nice to meet you how are you I'm good how are you I'm good thanks for being here Tor's also here we should say hello um, Anna tell us about Vida Glow kind of what's the story where did it all begin so I actually discovered collagen supplementation which is we started as a collagen brand in 2014 we launched with one product which was our original marine collagen um, and I had discovered that product in Japan in 2012 and at the time I had a quite significant hair loss, like to the point where I've got very dark hair and I had white tiles and it was like a Labrador was shedding, you know, um, hair everywhere. In Japan, collagen supplementation has been around for over 300 years. It's part of their daily diet and, um, you know, all Japanese women have amazing skin and the farmers, and it was sort of everywhere. I went to the gym, they asked me if I wanted a collagen water. I went to a restaurant, they asked if I wanted my soup infused with collagen and I thought collagen was Botox. So I was like, sure, I'll have some collagen in my <laughs> soup. Um, and then... I was was curious and I asked my girlfriend who I was visiting and she's like, I don't know, everyone just takes it. It's good for bone health and hair, skin and nails and stuff. And on my second last day, I spoke to the pharmacist and she explained that collagen supplementation had been around for over 300 years. It was part of their daily diet, even their extended life expectancy. It just seemed a little too good to be true. But I took enough home and it came in loose white powder. So I was like, how am I going to get this through customs? Um, (laughs) They don't like loose white powder. Yeah, (laughs) they don't, especially (laughs) Australian customs. Um, And she said to start on three a day, which you absolutely do not need to start on three a day to get results. But it was the real transformative, tangible benefits that I personally saw from taking a really good collagen supplement that I was importing in from Japan uh, that was sparked the idea behind starting Vita Glow. And even though Vita Glow started as a collagen brand, I think really having that targeted ingestible focus from the success of of bringing out an ingestible beauty product, because then even when we first started wholesaling in Australia, it was very small health food stores and pharmacies. It definitely wasn't department stores like Selfridges and Harrods and like like it is today. Um, And I guess the awareness and the growth of the category has exploded because it really does work. We've spent over a million dollars a year on clinical studies and research, and we will not bring a product to market unless it's substantiated by, by quite robust clinical trials. So I think for me, that's sort of the passion project. And now with collagen being a beauty supplement, we we branched out into our advanced repair, which is, you know, pigmentation, hair loss, acne. And now with the launch of women's health is really, as I've grown as a woman, become you know, my passion point, really. So what are those supplements? What's in the collection? What's in that new range? So the new range is four. So we have our Women's Multi 360, which is a multivitamin for immunity, general well-being and health uh, stress. And a Prenatal Plus, which is a real passion point of mine because I've just given birth to my fourth baby. Um, And Gut Pro, which really is, we would have just looked at what the four main concerns were for women's health. And it was really bloating and digestion, stress, 
um, pre trying to conceive and pre-pregnancy as well as pregnancy and then a general well-being uh, and and immunity product and so there's a great quote by dr stacy sims that says that women are not small men because up until only about four years ago women's health was considered niche and it was only in 1993 just 30 years ago that um, legislation was passed to make research into women's health mm. um, mandatory and you know so many health supplements um because people will often say, did you see a gap in the market? No, I didn't see a gap in the market. I think the supplement space is so cluttered, you know, um, and there's so many of them. But women are not small men, and she's right in that because a lot of what we see in supplementation is actually uh, products that are designed for men. Um, and so women are not getting the right doses or too much of one dose and not enough of another. For example, with the prenatal, which was probably what started this passion of bringing out women's health, um, that was something that was very close to my heart because I wanted something with iron, but it was low constipating iron, active and non-active folate, so folate that women could actually absorb, um, a, a vegan DHA, so for um, maternal and fetal development as well, um, having one capsule a day because in my experience of taking prenatals, they're this big, they taste gross, you know, they're fishy, you have to take three a day, you're already feeling so, ugh, like getting anything down is hard, let alone getting, you know, these huge capsules down and then having that b6 and anti-nausea um, aspect into our prenatal was also hugely um, important to support women that were not only pregnant but in those trying to conceive because really you should be considering your preconception three to six months out it takes three months to optimize your egg cycle and so and if you're thinking about getting pregnant you should start taking um prenatal at least three months at before, least right? three months and you know if you can six mm-hmm. months beforehand is ideal mm-hmm. um and so and just making it really manageable for women not having to be like you need to take a prenatal plus an iron plus you know like for me at the time it was like i you know progesterone is so high in those early months of pregnancies there's no way i could take an iron supplement because women are so constipated as it is in those early um, months of pregnancy i mean stress is obviously hugely relevant especially in this post-pandemic era for women so you know having a, a supplement that's in a burslet that's really sensorial and clinically studied so within six weeks improving anxiety by 39 percent that's huge because tell me that's got some amazing ingredient in it hasn't it yes the stress formula. yes sorenzo which is the clinically studied ingredient um, our multis are two in one capsule so it's a soft gel capsule so you've got both a multivitamin and a fish oil in one once a day Um, and then the gut pro is a really interesting one because I think often people look at you know taking a probiotic and we understand now how important our microbiome and our gut health is Um, with clear for example we have a probiotic for the skin gut access whereas with our gut pro it's really for bloating digestion and intimate health so Mm -hmm. vaginal ph levels um, which is really specific to women's health and this is just the beginning of the range going forward aside from the current four that we have we're looking at perimenopause menopause and postpartum which is a huge passion project of mine is, is actually women's health in postpartum. Yeah, I feel there's been a lot of chat recently about the fourth trimester mm. and I feel it's only the start of this conversation. And, you know, they say even when you're pregnant and you're building up, you're eating all this food and you're building up your stores, it's actually more for the, for after having the baby as opposed to being pregnant because your body is so depleted. Like it's for you, not the baby. It's, yeah. Mm. yeah it's Both, just, obviously, but, you know, yeah. I think your role is sometimes underestimated yeah, in, what, so in what you need. Yeah, I mean, we, we just focus so much on the baby, you know, and the baby's, obviously, it's important, but actually... You're the one that has to look after it. And... You know, the fabric of society is, is, is a mother's, really. And I think that you, 
it's the single largest hormonal drop of any human being at any point in their lifetime in that postpartum. You're bleeding. You're recovering from birth, whether that's a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth. They're both hugely impactful on the female body. You've never been more sleep deprived in your life. You cry in an episode of Seinfeld. Like I really can't watch much more than Seinfeld. And it's and it's really unreasonable. You're like, why am I crying? I don't know why I'm crying, you know. So many things are painted as so natural like breastfeeding. I've breastfed four children. It, it, it's never really felt that natural. It's a learnt skill, you know, and there's so much complexities that happen with that as well as you're not looking at, you're not cooking delicious meals. You're eating toast with butter most of the time, you know, like, or cookies. Um, so I, I'm really passionate about just women's health in general and how underserved, under-researched this space has always been and, and in a lot of ways continue to be. And so we really need to break that. Um, and, and we've partnered with the Lady Garden Foundation, which is a UK charity, um, which focuses on the five gynecological cancers that affect women. Our profits of each product sold also goes to the Lady Garden Foundation, which is something I'm incredibly um, proud of. But yeah, I, I think hiring, I think it's 93% women at the Vitagrow office and just really focusing. I think that's the difference with these supplements because there are so many supplements out there, but really these are for women by women. Can we talk about who the other supplements might be for? Are they for, I don't know, any, any woman over the age of 18 or are they slightly more targeted than that? Stress is for anybody at any time um, who doesn't want to feel calmer. And the Gut Pro is really for women who are, are facing bloating specifically and digestive issues. And that's most of us. Yeah. <laughs> Which and is also very female-oriented because yes. women are a lot more likely to be bloated and have digestive. And then the specific probiotic strain in that is also looking at the gut health and the vaginal pH balance. My suggestion is when you're looking for a probiotic is actually speaking to a pharmacist and saying, you know, there are only usually a handful of really reputable, brand, reputable brands um, and you'll see that there's, you know, some probiotics that need to be kept in the fridge, some that don't need to be kept in the fridge. Does, it, does this one need to be kept in no, the fridge? No, it doesn't. No. Okay. So it's a really good question to ask and that's like I want to take a probiotic because I'm finding that I'm getting thrush often or one of the things that I'm, I'm getting whilst breastfeeding, which no one talks about, is um, nipple thrush. I've had that three times now in this breastfeeding journey. Mm -hmm. So that you might need a probiotic specifically for that. Or I've taken, you know, a course of antibiotics because I've been sick with this. What is the best one for that? Or, you know, I'm noticing I'm, I'm getting breakouts, I'm getting acne. What is the best probiotic strain for that? And really asking um, those questions mm -hmm. because they are different. There are so many strains. I did not know that. I can confirm. Yeah, that's really good to it's, know. And that's the thing, you, we think we need to be taking one to look after our gut yeah. health. If we go to the shop and buy one, it doesn't work. We wonder why, because yeah. you're perhaps not not you. One is using the no, wrong me. strength. <laughs> Definitely me, yeah. I didn't know that at all. That's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it's super interesting. Um, and you've talked about um, some the kind of research and development that goes into, uh, goes into the products. What is like, is there kind of a fact or one thing that stands out to you as like that's crazy that you've learned kind of within that research? When I found out that legislation was only passed mm. to make it mandatory to focus on women's health as rather than it being generalised but for men in 1993, mm. I mean, that is wild. And considering that women make at least 50% of the population worldwide, <laughs> to think that our health has been generalised mm. based on men. So we're getting smaller quantities than men. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. you know, but it's, it's it's the same for the, the whole of like the health industry, right? Or like you have something like fasting, 
we're told the benefits of fasting are amazing. Well, actually, because all the studies have been done on men. Yeah. And men, our our hormonal profile is completely different, which is why for so many women, fasting doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Am I right? Yeah, Yeah. you're completely right. That's one of the many examples. You know, women, we have hormones, obviously, completely. We have completely different hormones in completely different times of our lives. Our hormones are so different whilst we're menstruating, when we're not menstruating, when we're trying to conceive, when we're pregnant, when we're breastfeeding. If we decide not to breastfeed, there's just so many different, it it, almost feels like, generally speaking it has been put in the too hard basket Mm -hmm. so we are just generalized applied to men and I think that that has been the most mind-blowing thing for me perimenopause menopause and postpartum to come what else should we keep our eyes for what's what's the goal what I'm really passionate about now is we have this supplement which is the best collagen powder that's available on the market in terms of its low molecule weight how it's sourced that it is actually sustainably sourced because there's so much greenwashing that goes on um, with with supplements and, and claims that we make. But I think that targeted approach is something that I'm passionate about. So like, for example, with Radiance, you know, that was like a 62% improvement in pigmentation after one month. Mm-hmm. And then that jump number jumped up to 90% after two months. And we did the clinical cr- trial in Mauritius where women have more olive um, complexions. And so pigmentation is a key concern for them. Having a product specifically for acne, having a product specifically for hair loss, that targeted approach, because... What we don't want is people to be like, you know, most people leave their house rattling every day because they've taken six fish oil tablets and a multivitamin and they don't know what they've taken. And actually less is more when it comes to supplement. What is your key concern? And find a supplement that targets that key concern. And for women, there are so many concerns. So I that targeted approach is what I'm really passionate about and that's sort of my my space that I like to play in. Um, Anna, I'm completely sold. These three are obviously available now. The multivitamin is to come in July. Where can we get the products in the UK? You can always buy it at vitaglow.com um, as well as Harvey Nix, Harrods, Selfridges and Sephora. Great. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, okay, let's do some questions. Um, Polly, someone has said, looking for something to wear for my 21st birthday dinner in Mykonos. Oh I'm a size God. six, five foot tall and finding it really difficult to find the right look. Any suggestions would be really helpful. I like lots of the Australian brands, but I've ordered before and it's a real hassle with duty costs and returning items. Okay, right. So I guess the issue here is just like everything's a bit long or a bit mm, big. Possibly. Yeah, tricky when you're petite, isn't it? I think, unfortunately, the answer is a bit of tailoring mm. and just um, maybe, yeah, avoid... Oh, I don't know. Maybe don't avoid the Aussie brands if you really love them. But I suppose you could try like Sir and Matto and brands like that if you like that kind of like cutout vibe. Christopher Esber, maybe try renting something. I was going to say like... you can rent a lot of the Aussie brands as well. Can't yeah, you? So and then maybe you could try it out for size and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I feel like for your 21st, maybe it's a time to go a bit more jazzy than like those kind of quite pared back yeah. cutout ones. True. Although Mykonos... I guess I it's a bit know. more beachy, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Ooh. Try Dish as well. Mm-hmm. If you've not already, that's another Aussie brand. If you've not already heard, it's a bit more affordable. So like, yeah, with the import yeah. charges, it's like not quite as much of a sting. I always think that Reformation kind of does that Aussie mm. style look. It kind of is that vibe. Yeah. So you can get that in the UK. Yeah. So it's maybe worth it. Yes, that's a good point. Um, Sherry, somebody has said, anyone know of any nice pubs? I mean, that's quite a broad uh, mm-hmm. question. Doesn't need to be too fancy, just a nice atmosphere and outdoor space that you can book for a table of six to eight. Ooh. Where do you like? What are your favourite pubs in London? Pubs. I really like the Culpepper in Bethnal Green. Mm-hmm. Do they? They have a really good rooftop, actually. Mm. Yeah, so if you want, like, drinks on the terrace, uh, amazing views as well. Yeah. Mm. Polly, any to recommend? 
I don't really go to the pub that no. much, I have to be honest with you, but, and I've just moved to a new area, yes. so I'm still exploring, I'm afraid. You found but... any hidden gems in your new neck of the woods? I don't know if it's a hidden gem, really, but I did go for a lovely brunch on Lordship Lane called Spinach, and they do very, very nice brunch. I'm more of a brunch girl <laughs> than a pub girl, I'll be honest, but it's good fun. Good. Nice. Um, okay, somebody has said, my husband's best friend and wife are coming to stay with us in London for his 40th. Any fun ideas that won't break the bank? I tell you what I did with my dad and my stepmom when they came that was really good value for not a lot was we went to Battersea Power Station and obviously like there are loads of shops mm. and restaurants that you could spend money at but it's obviously like free to go in and mm. you can look around it and it's amazing and mm. then at Christmas time they have loads of like stalls and markets set out near the back mm. and then you mm. can queue for the riverboat which is part of oh, Uber yeah. but you can tap in and tap out yeah, that's and so, so we took the riverboat which is like seven quid mm. i think mm. all the way back up the river you can actually get it as far as canary wharf we That's got cool. before yeah but if you're like a tourist in london it obviously goes past all the major sites mm. and so you can take them in so i'd really like that yeah. yeah. i i really think borough market is like i was gonna of, say yeah. borough market. Like, market. there's yeah. no more fun way to spend it yeah. like it feels so london and you can you know explore that whole area yeah. love mm. bermondsey high street mm. as well like all you know all in and around there um and you can sort of spend as much or as little as you want to. Great rub in there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, great. Someone has asked, I like this question. This is an interesting question. Are designer sunglasses worth the investment? Yes. Yes, in terms of like, if you want a certain look, like they look sick, but in terms of like actual quality difference, I don't know that there's much in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm gonna say no. I don't think they are worth it. I think exactly as you say, to me, the reason to invest in designer pieces is because you're getting better quality, right? Like mm. you, you, you know, the idea of investing in fashion is well, it can be whatever you want it to be. But for me, it's you know, you, the reason you're paying a premium is for a premium product, whereas a pair of sunglasses is not a premium product. And the price of designer sunglasses has risen like exponentially. Yeah, like you know, true. designer sunglasses used to be one fifty to two hundred, and now you're looking at three hundred plus, which is like yeah. very true. I'd so much rather yeah, have think- a top before when they were cheaper it was quite an accessible way exactly. to buy into like a designer piece maybe elevate your look a little bit with something mm-hmm. like with a logo or whatever yeah. but yeah now i think if the they they are a lot of the time 3 to 400 mm-hmm. and if you've got that much to spend on something i don't know maybe it's just better to go with um yeah, a top, yeah. like you said. I think or so. I've got a really good agree. No, I don't <laughs> agree at all. Um I just I just know I okay, I've I have to admit something now, which is that I'm a sunglasses hoarder. I probably have 50 pairs. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I don't think I've ever seen you wear a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> well, I wouldn't wear them I in the office. In the office I, suppose, yeah. <laughs> I definitely wear them to and from. Okay. And today, for instance, I'm wearing a pair of key sunglasses, mm. which are not expensive. They're about 40 quid. Mm. I do think the quality is pretty good. Yeah, they have good quality. Um, and I would say I have quite a few pairs of designer, but I never, ever have paid like a full price, like That's an RRP. You can get them in There's Vista really easy or, ways yeah, to hack true. your way into like that area of the market, mm-hmm. whether it's, I got an amazing YSL pair on the outnet last year for like just over a hundred. Mm-hmm. Full price was probably more like 500. Wow. Um, yeah. And then my best tip of all time is towards the end of summer, TK Maxx, not in the store, online, go and see what they're selling off. Mm. Last year, I think I got about six pairs of Victoria Beckham sunglasses for like 30 quid each. Oh, wow. That's okay. so good. Yeah, it's good to know. Interesting. Ooh. I suppose, But yeah, they do all sorts pay. of brands. Like they'll they'll okay. do, yeah, the whole the whole range. Mm. They've got loads of Loewe ones on there at the moment. No way. Yeah. I'm a bit like you. I love sunglasses. And I also think that's why I, like, I can have more, the more affordable ones I buy. 
So that's, I think, why. That's I like true. It. Yeah, yeah that's if true. you like to switch up your look a lot, exactly. then mm. maybe yeah. go. And also, there are loads of mid price brands these days, totally, like Jimmy exactly. Fairley and yeah. people like that, who mm. the quality is amazing. You're paying a little bit more than it's, High Street, yeah. but exactly. it's Worth not it. ridiculous. Mm-hmm, for sure. Have you got any favorite pairs on the go at the moment? Oh, um, I actually got a really good pair from ASOS. I've had it for about 10 years, oh, yeah. and they just last so long. Nice. Yeah. And the UV protection is very good. That's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Think, Polly, any pairs that you're rocking? I mean, the having said they're not worth it, I've got oh. a pair of Gucci sunglasses <laughs> 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 I love. I really love. But I did just get um, sent a pair kindly from Holtzweiler, and they're great, and they are more about the £100 mark. Yeah. Mm. Um, so worth checking them out. Great. Um, all right, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback at all, please do email podcast at sharelux.com. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to sign up to the community at community.sharelux.com and do rate, review, subscribe if you haven't already. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.